good morning, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to another episode of the Jesus in Mind podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys here with me today. Um, usually I try and at least have a plan of what I want to record or what I want to talk about that week. And honestly, guys, this week I don't. I, I had all these grand plans of, you know, having my paper all written out. I'm very type A if you didn't know. Um, having my paper all written out and a plan of action. And this week I just don't. Um, and I always try and spend some time in prayer, figuring out, hey, God, what do you, where, where do you want me to lead this podcast this week? And this week, I just don't. I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me seem to get a direction with this podcast. And so I was actually talking to some other people like, hey, what do you think I should do for the podcast this week? And they're like, I don't know either. So all in all. I was on my own. (laughs) And so I was getting ready to record this podcast. And literally, literally five seconds before I recorded this podcast, I have a daily Bible verse that pops up on my phone. I'm sure most of you guys do too. Pretty common thing nowadays. Um, And as I was reading through, um, I was scrolling through my phone, scrolling to my record podcast um, app. Because I'm not fancy. If you guys didn't know, I'm not super fancy. I just work off my phone, and right now I'm at my kitchen table. But um, in in that same vein, I'm I'm also not um, I'm not biblically schooled. I never went to theological school. Um, that's not the right word. But while I'm recording this, it's six six thirty in the morning, and I've been up since five. So if I if I if I screw up my words, I'm so sorry. Um, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not biblically trained. This is just a girl who loves Jesus and loves her Bible and is coming to you guys with kind of her thoughts about what what the Bible is and what Jesus taught her that week. And uh in that in that same way, I'm reading out of an NIV. So if you want to grab your NIV and read along with me in that translation, awesome. If not, go ahead and grab your version of um, your translation of the Bible and we'll get going. But as I was literally scrolling to my record podcast app, I, I seen on my Bible verse app, um, Romans 13, 9 through 10. And let me go ahead and just read that out for you guys today. And it says the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not covet. And whatever other commandment there may be, are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does not harm does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is a fulfillment of the law. Now, why why is that that verse sticking out to me today? Well, let's break that whole verse down because I think there's a lot of power in that verse that sometimes we might not always immediately pick up on. And so I want to break that verse down or those verses down and really dig into those today. So the first thing I want to know is this is in Romans 13. And the whole first part of that chapter is submission to governing authorities. So um, it says in verse 1, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. 
Do you want to be free from fear of one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commanded. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath, to bring punishment on the wrongdoers. Therefore, it is not nece- it is necessary to submit to, to the authorities, not only because of the possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes for the authority are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone you owe. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Now that is the whole section um, leading up to the verses I'm talking about. Minus verse 8. And that just says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For those who, whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Now, the reason I read all that, usually I try to section down the amount of verses I'm reading just because I don't do a very long podcast. And hopefully you guys are going ahead and reading these chapters on your own. I always encourage that. Um, but the reason I read that is I thought it was super fitting with tax season being here. And then also the election um, going on this year, um, and some. And I'm not going to get into all that. That's not. That's not why I started this podcast. Was to become um, a little bit about taxes and um, the election, at the end of this year. But I did want to point that out because it says, "If revenue, then revenue. If you have taxes, then taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. And if honor, then honor." I don't think we necessarily have to like. What is going on in the political realm? But God gives us definite rules in regards to how we're supposed to act in regards to the political realm. Um, and same goes for taxes. We might not like the taxes, but God tells us to respect and honor the taxes. Now, I think there's that could those whole subjects could be dug into a lot, lot deeper in regards to making changes to those um those taxes and those political governing authorities, but we're, we're, we're expected to respect them. My mom always said, love my mom, she's a very wise woman, is a very wise woman, and she says, um, you don't have to like them, but you have to respect them. We used to hear that a lot growing up whenever we were in trouble. You don't have to like my rules, but you have to respect my rules. Um, and again, I'm not going to get into that because I think there's so much more to that. But when we're looking at laws and rules, and um, like I said, I just seen this verse, so I haven't had the time to do the back work on it. But if I had to guess, we're talking to the Jews. Now, the Jews, as everyone knows, are very, they hold their laws and their regulations and their rules um, in very high regard, um, a lot of their religion is rules. Um, the whole Old Testament is a book of rules. Um, and I think that that is just, that is the foundation of what they believe is the rules. Everything from how to bathe, to what to eat, to how to worship, to the clothes they wear and the way they cut their hair. Um, and so I think that when we're reading this verse or these verses, um, we're talking about Jews 
I mean, they're talking to the Jews. Paul is talking to the Jews. And the reason why is because they were so obsessed with their rules that they weren't able to realize that at this point, the Son of God had come and died for their sins. I mean, God had come and died for their sins at this point. The rules were abolished. He was the living sacrifice. He covered all of it in his blood. Like, he took it all for us. All those rules were to keep from sinning so that you had a chance of salvation. And God ended up being a living sacrifice that abolished most of those rules and so that is why it says love doesn't no harm to a neighbor therefore love is a fulfillment of the law because God loved us God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life I mean that's the most known verse I think in the whole Bible everybody knows that verse and I think that is so important for us to remember because God loved us so much. And that's kind of the foundation of everything is love. And so when we're reading this and it's talking about all the rules, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are all summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, does that mean that gives us a free right to go out and murder or commit adultery or, you know, steal or covet? No, those are still rules of the Christian faith. We are still to obey and respect those rules of the Christian faith. But I think sometimes people forget that even though we have an all-covering blanket of forgiveness and mercy, It doesn't necessarily mean you're to go out there and just start committing whatever sins you want to commit. In fact, I put a story up on um, our Instagram page, and I believe, I can't quote it. Actually, let me go ahead and just go look at it. That way I'm not quoting it incorrectly, but I think it fits today's situation perfectly. And it says, salvation without a lifestyle change is just an emotional moment. We see in the Bible that it says you will be able to tell a tree by its fruit. And I think that goes into Christianity. Because when you honestly believe Christ is your Savior, and you honestly believe that Christ died for your sins and was raised again on the third day, something inside you changes. The Holy Spirit enters you and something inside of you changes. You no longer want to sin. You don't want to steal. You don't want to commit adultery. I mean, there may be times you do. You're going to be tempted. That's why Satan's around. He wants you to fall. He wants you to fail. But you're going to have the Holy Spirit on the end, other end. I think of it almost like a tug of war. Like there's Satan on one side and God and the Holy Spirit on the other. And it's this tug of war where Satan's tempting you and tempting you and tempting you. And the Holy Spirit is going, no, 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 no. We're, we're not that person anymore. We don't belong to sin. We don't, we, we don't, we're not doing that. And so I think it's not saying that 
we have to disobey the core rules. Even the New Testament says that we're not supposed to do these things. But I think what it's saying is, all in all, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you learn to love like He does. And it may be a progression. It may take time. It might be over a span of years because you can't expect a great change all at once. But you, you start to change as a person as you start to, you know, see people and love people the way Christ did. And I think that's shown amazing in First Corinthians. And I, I quote First Corinthians a lot. So if you, you've been with me a while, you know that I love to, to quote First Corinthians 13. And I'm working my way there. But my Bible has so many sticky notes, it takes a while to get there. And it says um, in 1 Corinthians, and I'll try not to read it all, so I'll just skip to, I'm just going to read until I feel like I should stop. And it says, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. And this is 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all possessions to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. This is my favorite part. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I love that. <laughs> that. That's the perfect example of what love is. And this is the greatest commandment, is to love. To love like Christ did. To love the church as Christ did. To love your neighbor as yourself. I think this really shows the difference of how love impacts you when you become a Christian versus an unchristian. Um, and that's in verse 11. And it says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put, a, put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror that we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And the reason I think that was such an awesome reflection is because it, it talks about it. Like when I, became, when I was a child, I thought like a child. When I was a man, I thought like a man. For now, we see only reflection in a mirror as in a mirror. And so we're seeing this as it's almost, I always think of it like a dirty mirror. Like you can look in the mirror and see a dirty image of what you once were, but you are no longer that person. You were bought by the blood of Christ. And when you become bought by the blood of Christ, you can't stay the same. There's no way. It's like when somebody goes through a traumatic traumatic experience 
you will never fully be the same person you were before that traumatic experience. And yes, God can heal anything. Anything. There's so many amazing miracle stories out there of that. Um, that you guys can find. The, like Just absolutely amazing miracles. But And redemption stories. But you're never going to fully be the same person that you were before that, that thing happened to you. Now you can either grow from that thing. Or you can stay in the same position or become worse than you were. But you're never going to be quite the same again. And I'm actually going to flip to 1 Thessalonians. And this was something that I was reading through as well. Um, let me find the verse I'm looking for. Well, here's one right here. I wasn't even looking for this verse, but it says in verse 16, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We were just talking about that. Even if you go through a traumatic experience, God, God's got you. Give thanks in all circumstances. Um, and, and I think it's important for us to love other people that we we encourage them is a, a big thing because we are not it says you are all children of the light and children of the day we do not belong to the night or the darkness so then let us not be like others who are asleep but let us be awake and sober for those who sleep sleep at night and those who get drunk get drunk at night but since we belong to the day let us be sober putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive, to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love, because of their work live in peace with each other and we urge you brothers and sisters warn those who are idle and disruptive encourage the disheartened help the weak be patient with everyone make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else how many times did he mention love in that one verse or that one chapter i love the part where it says um let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. And back here in um, 1 Corinthians, at the end of 1 Corinthians 13, we see it says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Isn't it crazy how you could be in two completely different books of the Bible and somehow they speak to each other? Like they just fit like a puzzle piece and puzzle piece, and that's amazing for me to watch. But that's that's kind of what I was thinking about today. Is just, and I know today's more like a sit in Bible study. Think of this as a sit in Bible study together. Um, I'm a talker, if you couldn't tell. So um, this is kind of a way for me to get out all my thoughts about what God is teaching me in the Bible. And this is totally, this was not what I had planned this morning. 
um, I was actually going to do um, a podcast about something completely different. And this, for some none of these verses I had picked out were pre-planned or <laughs> was prepared for at all. This is just kind of what ended up happening. And I think it's an awesome thing. Um, even as we're, we're past Valentine's Day. Because everybody knows that's the day of love. That's when love is always on all of our minds. But I don't know. I, I think it's remember. It's important to remember even as Valentine is past. That we're not supposed to love people just one day of the year. We're not supposed to love and help people around Christmas that need help or Thanksgiving. We're not supposed to be thanking God just on Easter. You know, we're supposed to love and help people and praise God every single day of the year, no matter what. And I think sometimes we forget that. Um, to thank God for how good he is and how much he loves us and what he did for us out of love. I think we forget to love one another even if we don't get along, even if it's the church, even if it's other Christians, even if it's non-Christians, even if it's people we wouldn't normally love. Or even just loving your spouse or your family on a day-to-day basis. If it's helping people on a day-to-day basis. Men pulling over to help that person on the side of the road who has a tire missing. Women, don't do that. I know we're strong, independent ladies, but it's just not safe. It's not safe for men either, but they got a better shot, okay? (laughs) And, And just, you know, helping that person on the corner of the grocery store who needs a meal. Or, you know, it could be that. That single mom who, you know, maybe just re- really, really needs somebody to come babysit the kids for 20 minutes so she could take a nap. Or maybe she just needs, you know, some fresh made meals for the week so she doesn't have to come home and cook dinner. Maybe it's your church needs somebody to volunteer to clean it. Is it the most glamorous job in the world? Absolutely not. I'm actually speaking from personal experience. My own church needed someone to clean, and I'm not sharing this to be like how good I am. So, Lord, if I'm out of line with this, forgive me because I want my rewards in heaven. But I'm saying this because that ended up being some of the best times of my life. Because I would be there for hours And I was able to spend hours, and my church has horrible Wi-Fi, or at least it did. But, so you couldn't be on your phone. You didn't have any Wi-Fi to play, you know, podcasts or whatever it was. So I ended up having the best time ever. Spending hours just singing worship and praying for hours. Just praying. Spending time with God. And it was some of the best times of my life. Maybe like. Somebody needs to start up the local VBS at your church. Maybe it's something as simple as. Smiling and waving at. When you're going through the drive through Just asking them how their day is. And thanking them for. 
your food and just being extra kind. Whatever it is, just show love today. It might not be appreciated. It might not go well. Maybe some days it will. Who knows? I don't know. That's where I'm at today. Um, Again, I'm I'm no biblical theologian, but um, I just read the Bible. (laughs) Um, And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I hope you guys have an awesome Wednesday and everything is just blessed. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Until next week, guys. Bye, everybody.